Wow. It feels good to be back, guys. I'm here with episode five of Soul Purpose. And uh, might I like to say, how come nobody has told me how annoying I sound when I'm talking into the mic? Come on, guys. Like, I'm listening back, you know, doing the quality assurance to listen back on the podcast, make sure it sounds okay. And every time I hear my voice, my guts shrivel into themselves. Why does my voice sound like this on the mic? I don't know why. I hate the sound of my voice, but shit. I mean, thank you guys for listening. I really know you guys are true supporters now because damn, like maybe it's just because it's my own voice that I'm kind of repulsed by it. But um, thank you so much for lending an ear. And uh, let's get into today's episode, guys. Let's get into it. All right. So... What's been going on with me lately? Um, mental check-in. Been doing okay. Kind of feel like I've been treading water of like, you know, sinking to the bottom versus like being able to stay afloat. But um, it's not really at a at a place. I'm not really at a place where it's too much of a struggle. I did, however, buy some books that I have yet to read. One is called uh, Super Simple CBT. Uh, if you didn't know, CBT is stands for Cognitive Behavioral, Behavioral Therapy. So I bought a book on how to therapize myself. Uh, I feel like it's been something that I always like to do on the side or whenever I'm struggling a lot. I'm just like, you know what? What can I do or read to help me become stable stable in a way that lasts for a good amount of time and in a way that if I do end up downward spiraling that I have the motivation to pick myself back up so yes I did buy a book on how to learn certain therapy techniques without going to therapy uh I feel like right now money wise um sadly enough I don't feel like oh my god my cat hold on my cat is here again he scared the shit out of me but he just pulled up on me I don't know if you heard him but uh I think he wants to go look out the window so let me pause this real quick <gasps> he's gonna come on the, he's gonna come on my desk that's not bad but let me make space for him he's a prince my little prince um, but I did buy a book, another book called Atomic Habits that I've been hearing a lot about that's been pretty popular. Um, I did like the summary. Uh, so basically atomic, you know, it kind of sounds like something that's huge, but actually like atoms, you know, atoms are very tiny and habits are something that you do every day. Um, and it's basically summarizing by the title of the book and the synopsis that I read on the back that... Um, tiny habits that you can do every day to change the way you're living your life because, you know, people are always going on the path of least resistance and that's the best way to make a change for yourself and have it be something that has some continuity in your life. So I need that and I bought a book on how to do that. So I always think it's pretty cool of you know, the idea of being able to buy a book, read it and have it change your life and, you know, instill tools in you in a way that can change the way you're living or the way you're thinking about how you're living. So that's kind of why I have 
my interest in like these psychological self-help books because they do open my mind even though I do prefer to read these kind of books when I'm elevated you know and for lack of better words high I don't know I think when I am high and I'm reading these kind of books I just feel like the most in tune with myself like I'm at like peak granola like I'm one with the earth and I'm doing everything the way like the stars are aligning and my chakras are you know all aligned and everything is right with the world but um I'm trying to search for a new job now um the job that I'm currently at honestly it's not so bad I feel like I I really do villainize things that make me feel uncomfortable just because of like growing pains and trying to get accustomed to it but it's just um yeah I don't think I'll be able to continue at that job so I'm trying to look for other jobs and the thing with medical jobs is that you get drug tested before you you know you have to do a drug test before you after you do the interview and you know the the company is interested in hiring you and might I like to say you know even though it is like federal laws by state to state that weed is legal like if weed is legal why are they still kind of testing that for like work I understand like you know testing for amphetamines and benzos because that's kind of stuff that we're susceptible to abusing as a nurse in the medical field and having access to those medications but I feel like there's such a stigma with weed in the hospital like oh this patient tested positive for cannabinoids but I'm like they have a chronic illness and they're just trying to live life on this fucking falling rock man it doesn't matter that much like am I gonna go to work high probably not do people understand that weed can cause like a panic attack in a super stressful situation probably not but are nurses allowed to kind of advertise that they binge drink when they're not at work and, you know, there's no test for alcohol in your blood while you're getting drug tested? Uh, probably not, you know? And I feel like, you know, everybody has their vice and I always say this, but it just feels like, you know, the medical field has to catch up with like people using weed for something more than just to get high. Sometimes people i.e. me have anxiety and that's the way we deal with stress in our lives because it, it takes off the edge without having to be completely inebriated and non-functional not being able to drive not being able to like stay awake and not being able to walk but i'm just not a drinking person and i feel like you know me being straight edge baby I'm trying to be straight edge so that I can pass my drug test for this new job but it's been really hard and you know I know people say there's like a psychological dependence on weed that can develop and I could truly see that and when you smoke too much you can kind of tell like the difference of like when you got to take a break you know you start to kind of forget you're an actual person living an actual life and you know you kind of think about like living your day and then you're like the next time when you're gonna get high and stuff but um I don't know I've been sober for a while and that was just my little rant of like I don't know if nurses are allowed to drink and you know do whatever they want taking care of people like let us 
de-stress in ways that we prefer. Like, I'm not injecting meth I am into my fucking thigh when I'm not at work. And I get that they want to test and drug test for, like, testing all those different kind of drugs. But cannabinoids, like, really? It's legal in California. What do you expect, bruh? Yeah, and if you chest me now, I'm going to be negative. So fucking check me on that, bitch. If somebody is listening, trying to hire me. I am of legal age in a legal state and you just want to test me for cannabinoids because you're a hater and you probably, you know, whoever in HR is testing my piss is probably positive as well. Okay. And I'll leave it at that. But so as an alternative for dealing with the stress, cause I'm not, I don't know, drinking is like not my thing. It, you know, makes me red all over and I get tired and I'm just like not in the party mood. It makes me feel sloppy. I just don't prefer it. You know, that's not the kind of downer that I prefer. So what I did as a compromise, I bought a CBD pen. And at first, like, you know, I would take a puff and I was like, what is this, bro? And then I took like a really large puff and I was like, wow, like my mind feels quiet, but I feel 100 percent sober And that's kind of what I was doing even like before I took my RN license. Like after I graduated school, I quit. I quit for like three months and I was studying for my NCLEX test. And, you know, stressful. I I get like kind of one chance to take my NCLEX. And then after that, if you fail once, the probability of passing again gets lower and lower. So there's this pressure on passing the first time and doing it right. And I also like the pressure of like being able to have a job lined up right after you pass so there's all these things that were like stressing me out so I did do a CBD pen during that time as well and it really helped me a lot so I don't really um I feel like I'm not really fiending right now but it just sounds like it would be fun and man I miss it I'm not even gonna lie I'm a stoner And for, like, people I work with and stuff like that, I don't usually say that openly, especially because, like I was saying, I feel like in the hospital and then in the medical field, like, smoking weed and, like, you know, having it as, like, an out activity is, like, kind of, it doesn't feel, like, taboo, but in the hospital, I definitely work with a lot of, like, older people, and I don't think they're on that vibe. I don't think they're on that vibe. Even if I'm working with younger people, it takes a lot for me to even say like, yeah, on my free time sometimes when I'm really stressed out, you know, I just, you know, smoky a little bit here and there. But at my heart, I'm not just somebody who works in the hospital. I just am smart enough to work in the hospital and stay working in the hospital, keeping my license. But when I'm not in the hospital, I love to lift, laugh, love and smoky a little smoky. Okay. And I can't, you know, like, I can't deny that I am a little stoner at heart. And the true fact is, is that I love to hide it so that if people find out later on after they've known me in the hospital for a while, they know that somebody who can smoke weed is totally capable of going to work sober and not being a total like, you know, the stigma that's like associated with weed of being like, slow and lazy. I'm a hard worker. And I was talking with my coworker the other day about this is that like, we don't even need to be hard workers. Because 
that's kind of like too hard on you and in the scheme of things as long as you do the bare minimum of your job and you do it right and the patients are still alive and everybody is satisfied then it doesn't put the extra weight on you to kind of like add on to this crazy like patient satisfaction experience as long as you're there for them they trust you and they feel taken care of you don't gotta do the extra mile and put it on yourself like that pressure to make it like an overall crazy like crazy satisfactory experience like what I do for my patients I do you know talk to them about you know the outside life of the hospital and things that they're going through but for the most part I found that trying to put that extra pressure of being 100% perfect and working in the hospital it doesn't work nothing in the hospital is 100% like perfect with timing, with coordination with the doctors, coordination with insurance and reactions to medicine or even, you know, how their bodies react to treatment. If it doesn't work, you know, what's the next step? So everything is always play it by ear, but always trying to plan it out and th- thinking that it's going to work out a certain way is really stressful. And when it doesn't work out that way, like, you know, I, I low-key get scared. Like the patient's going to be like, what are you doing, bro? Like, do you even know what you're doing? But I feel like I have gotten to a point where at the current job I'm at, I've gotten comfortable with the people. I've gotten comfortable with like the new style of charting, the style of nursing that's at that hospital because every hospital has a different culture and getting used to it is definitely a skill. In my last hospital that I worked at, I was still a new grad and I was floating from unit to unit like every 20 weeks or every 10 weeks and getting used to the culture of each floor like you know I definitely learned how to be like a little chameleon and learn how to fit in and also like you know adapt fast and then at this other hospital it was like a totally different vibe and a different way of doing things and policies and a little bit of like you know hard stern reminding here and there from people and places of authority and with my authority issues bitch I was just like bro they hate me They flat out hate me and think I'm stupid. But I've learned that people have many facets to them and faces. So I can't hold it against them because, you know, they're just stressed at work, as am I. And we're just people working in a hospital. And once we're out of there, you know, nothing really matters. Just leave work at work. Um, Let's see. What else do I have in my little bracket of ranting today? Um... So I've been putting off a lot of stuff with my new house. I uh, still have to shop for furniture and I have one day off. So I'm going to do that today or attempt to. Um, I'm going to go see my house for the first time because I finally have keys in hand. Woo! I finally have keys in hand. So I'm going to go check it out for the first time today because after I got, um, they changed so originally I was supposed to get my keys on the 15th, excuse me. And then they got, I got my, ended up getting my keys on the uh, shit on the 20th. And, um, me and Jordan had planned like a little staycation in the Irvine area around the 20th. So I wasn't able to pick up the keys and my dad got them for me. You know, my parents have been helping me a lot with that. And it has definitely been a conversation of, Jordan moving in with me because you know my parents you know we gotta we butt heads a lot especially when I was younger and it slowed down a lot um but they still are very traditional at heart and you know the fact that 
I'm having Jordan come and live with me before we're married is more of a concern for them than rent, you know, if he's paying rent, which honestly, I don't care. It's my house. It's my responsibility. You know, I'm just made of money, baby. Money is not a concern to me. But for my parents, the concern is that he's going to live with me before we get we're even married. And the qualm I have with that is that now when I'm living with my parents, he basically is coming over every day and, you know, quote unquote, sleeping over on accident and falling asleep. So, like, what's the difference, man? And am I going to spend time in my house alone? Hell no. Hell no. I'm like, I know the place. I don't even know if the place is not even haunted yet, you know? So I need somebody to be there to help me, you know, learn to live on my own and be my own adult. But it just doesn't make sense. And so now, you know, like every time me and my parents have like some sort of like battle together or a disagreement, it's immediately cold shoulder, man. And it's like, you know, the parent, the mom and everything all at once. Um, everything everywhere all at once. That movie was amazing, by the way. But, you know, the way that they portrayed how the struggles of like mom and daughter to try to love each other while the mom shows her, her love in different ways, but is ignorant to the way her daughter feels about how she's acting but using her intentions of it's for her daughter as a cover-up for you know her intentions of like kind of selfishly acting in a way for herself but not really for her daughter so uh yeah my mom's giving me this silent treatment right now but you know is to be expected I was so close I was in that Barnes and Noble I was standing there for a minute I was so close to buying that book, um, Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. But I said, you know what? Let me not choose chaos today. Let me just, you know, try to do some of that cognitive behavioral therapy and some atomic habits and see what I can work with that. And maybe, maybe in the future I'll buy that book if, if the problem, you know, does come up. But that's the thing that sucks with Asian parents and especially super involved Asian parents is that they really do want the best for their kid but sometimes in a way it gets distorted a little bit in a way of they start to do it for themselves to gratify themselves as a good parent because of how much they're doing but in return the things that they're doing and why they're doing it starts to become conditional so that if I'm not grateful for it in a certain to a certain extent or don't follow their rules then I'm the bad kid like what um that is so confusing and you know I've been struggling that's why I have authority issues too like goddamn like my parents don't know they're giving me issues but they're giving me issues man and they don't even know it because I have the mercy to try to fix myself and acknowledge that they're acting that way because of unresolved trauma from their childhood and then now it's on me to like acknowledge that you know they went through something and they can't control it but they don't have the the tools or like the open mind to kind of acknowledge that they need to work on themselves like that. So I got to do it for both of us. And I'm fucking tired, man. Maybe that's why I'm tired all the time. But aside from complaining about my parents and being the oldest daughter, Asian family, blah, blah, blah. Like, I am really thankful for the amount of help that they try to give me, you know, warranted or not, if I want it or even like it. So sometimes it's hard to say no and set boundaries because the second I try to set a boundary or even say something that I want or assert myself as an adult in their eyes, they say, are you crazy? 
are you crazy? All the stuff we've done for you, la la la. And it's so crazy because I'm in this paradox where my family or not my family, my parents, they want me to be an adult. And the second I try to, you know, act as an adult and make my own decisions, they're just like, bro, are you stupid? Are you stupid? Why are you making your decision like that? Who th- who gave you the authority to act like that? Like the other day when I got back, my mom said after like us texting about the situation about Jordan living with me, um, she pops into my room, opens the door. No knocking, of course. What do you expect? And she says, so what's up? And I said, I'm back, you know, because I got back from my vacation and, you know, laying down like the vibe is like an easygoing. And she said, don't you talk to me like that. Know your place. And then she just stood there for like two minutes, longest two minutes of my fucking life in silence. And Jordan's like scared shitless. He's not going to say anything, of course, because it's my mom. And I was just like, and then she just left with the door wide open. And I was like, bruh, like there's certain boundaries and things that you aren't supposed to say to your kids. But like pa- Asian parents don't care about like the kind of consequences. Like I was like, that is nursing home behavior, bitch. And I know I love you and I'm going to take care of you when you're older. But like, don't treat me like that. I'm a person. Anyways, man. What else do I got to say? I mean, this has kind of just been like an organic ramble. And that's kind of the way I like things. But in a summary, you know, if you have authority issues, cognitive behavioral therapy might help. I'm going to try to see if this book helps me out because I have read like maybe 20 pages of it and it's very short and simplified, which is good because, you know, it summarizes the techniques very well. Like um, one thing that I do like is that uh, thoughts invoke feelings and if you change your thoughts, you can change those feelings. So I've been really trying to be very mindful of how a thought or something that happens to me affects the way I feel and I feel like the more mindful I've been about it and spinning it in a better way to be grateful or as a lesson or as a teaching moment I've become a happier person so that would be my phrase or my mantra of the of the week is that you know thoughts control your feelings so if you change the way you think you can change the way you feel bitch um my song for the week let me take a look here i'm not so prepared let me look at my spotify because i am the kind of person where i have like my playlists and stuff and then i don't know what song i like until i look at the top of my like my playlist at the time so Let's see. Favorite song right now is Maple Syrup Tears by Haran John. And also, la la la, I would say Sanctuary by Joji. I really got into that song um, when me and Jordan went on our trip. Sanctuary by Joji and Maple Syrup Tears by Haran John. Or Haran John? I don't know. It's spelled H-U-R-O-N-J-O-H-N. Okay? So... That's it for today's episode. Thank you for lending me an ear today. I really appreciate it, especially because I'm going to listen back to this and I'm going to be like, dude, why do I talk like that? I I don't talk like that when a mic is not in front of me. I'm just kidding. I do. I do talk like this when there's no mic in front of me. But um, let's see. Hopefully soon I can try to figure out how I could get another person on here. 
But then again, like when I had my sister on here in the last episode, she was literally just wearing my headphones and talking to the mic and I was talking to the mic and not hearing anything. So I got to figure that out. And I think, you know, having some of my friends on here would be pretty entertaining. So we'll see. Um, But I wish you guys well. I hope you have a good week. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.